0: Transportation is a journey connecting us in our everyday lives. This podcast series, TRB's Transportation Explorers, takes you on that journey with meaningful conversations with the experts behind the research. They often have an early eye on how we'll build the transportation of tomorrow.
1: On today's show, we speak with Dr. Susan Shaheen, a pioneer in future mobility strategies.
2: Systems thinking is is so inherent to transportation because transportation is linked to so many aspects of our lives. And I think the more we all move in the direction of understanding those connections and the fact that we as transportation professionals need to to be working with professionals from very different industries, the water sector, the housing sector, because it all comes together. Hi, I'm Elaine Farrell,
0: and I'm Paul Mackey with the Transportation Research Board of the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine based in Washington, D.C.
1: Dr. Shaheen is a professor of civil and environmental engineering at UC Berkeley and co-director of the Transportation Sustainability Research Center at Berkeley's Institute of Transportation Studies, ITS. She's also the incoming chair of the TRB Executive Committee.
0: Welcome, Susan, and uh, we really want to talk today about the new uh, the new study from your Institute of Transportation Studies, done with the TRB Executive Committee, focused on the future of public transit and shared mobility. Some really. Interesting high level findings noted in, in the start of the, your report are that since the pandemic began in, in March 2020, public transit ridership for many agencies has fallen by over 60% compared to 2019. Lyft and Uber have reported ridership drops ranging between 55 and 75% compared to uh, 2019. Car sharing, bike sharing, scooter sharing have experienced mixed changes in ridership and delivery services driven by growth in e-commerce are becoming profitable for the first time. Tell us uh, sort of a two-prong question. Tell us a little bit about the uh, the workings behind the scenes here. How did this study come together and how did you do the research? And then also beyond what I've just mentioned, what are the findings and recommendations that make this uh, a really important study?
2: Well, th- thanks so much, Paul, for for having me. And uh I'm really excited to discuss this study with you. We recently released it. Um, It's focused on public transit and shared mobility uh, recovery in response to the global pandemic. And it came about uh, due to uh, my role as vice chair of the TRB committee. I I was getting involved in a lot of discussions uh, on behalf of the executive committee about COVID and how TRB should be responding. And what was fascinating through a lot of these discussions in the spring was everybody kept coming back to this idea of the importance of scenario planning and the role of uncertainty and how we should respond. And in my role with the University of California system as a director of research, we were having in parallel really similar conversations. So uh, I reached out to the TRB executive committee and uh, said, should we join forces between the University of California Institute of Transportation Studies and the TRB Executive Committee to take on these questions of uncertainty and uh, come up with a set of policy options and research recommendations to respond to this crisis in a timely fashion, employing a scenario planning methodology.
0: I think it's really fascinating in this day and age to, to talk about the science, you know, how does the science happen? And so it sounds like it's not a big mystery. It's, it really is a process as you described it, that happens.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think scenario planning is, is an amazing technique. It, 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 can range from a very technical approach to running models to a softer, more dynamic workshop style approach. We came together, the TRB Executive Committee, a number of very high-level luminaries in transportation to develop a methodology together. And what we constructed was a a scenario workshop approach, all done uh, remotely via Zoom, using a Delphi method. So having one set of experts do some heavy lifting at the beginning, that was our steering committee and then move into the development of scenario worlds for pondering these questions of policy strategies and research recommendations. That then went on to another group of policy experts, and then back to the steering committee for final revisions, as well as uh, really ensuring that uh, when we put the report forward, we we felt like it was catching up with the times because this study took place over six months. So by the time we reached the end, um, we we had a national election and we knew the outcome and we knew that there was a vaccine on the way.
1: Well, uh, uh, speaking of the election, how do the findings fit in with how much things have changed in the entire world this year? And you touched on a, a little bit on that already. And what do you think is the role of the new federal government in implementing these policies?
2: Well, what you'll see if you take a look at, at the study is that there are these driving forces or driving vectors that were used to create the world. and in many cases across the t- t- three timeframes that we examined. So within 12 months, one to three years, and four to six years, you'll, you'll often see a vector that has to do with funding sources, um, political will to support change, economic recovery. And so with uh, the election of um, the Biden administration, It really, I think, put us a bit into the worlds in which there was a a change associated with how we are gonna look at public transit, how funding sources and and mechanisms might change and evolve, even the role of the reauthorization of the transportation bill. All of these things sort of shift uh, the report and the policy strategies into a world in which there is more political will and uh, more change and more sustainability evolution than we might've seen otherwise.
0: So would you consider this research sort of a, 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 a bit of a blueprint with, with a lot of directions that it could go for other research that you might be doing on this topic, uh, You know, especially research you're doing uh, at Berkeley and throughout the University of California system, but also other research that might be happening out there besides the work that you're doing?
2: Yeah, thank you for that question, Paul. I think this is the beginnings of a blueprint. Um, I say it's the beginnings of the blueprint because I really have to be humble here about what we we could accomplish. We were covering so much terrain over three different timeframes for both more traditional forms of public transit and the shared mobility sector that you're at a very high level. And what I think we all concluded was more work needs to be done on the strategies specific to two sort of demographics. One would be the public transit industry itself. And then the broader group of stakeholders that represent all of us that could play very, very critical roles in the evolution of public transportation in this country. So it is, is the beginnings of what policy strategies might be for those actor groups, but also what research recommendations could be followed on to help support those policy strategies to, to really maximize the social and environmental benefits. but. This really is the beginning of a blueprint, not the definitive uh, action agenda.
0: There was a front page article in the Wall Street Journal earlier this month, and that article said, you know, that um, basically rush hour is is going to be different, and more people are going to be working from home. TRB also earlier this month came out with a a big study on mobility and and the ways that people are going to be moving around. What are a couple of things that you think, you may not be, you're more in the research business, business than you are in the predicting business, but what, uh, if you could have a few moments with the, the US Transportation Secretary and other luminaries, what, what would you sort of say needs to needs to happen in 2021?
2: Yeah, uh, so that first timeframe within, The the 12 months from the start of the pandemic, there's very, very strong focus on integrating public health goals into transportation, refocusing attention on customer experience with respect to public transit, prioritizing public transit for essential workers and public transit dependent populations, particularly in light of what you just said with respect to telework is a lot of people may not be returning to work in the same ways, even fully out of this uh, pandemic. Restoring trust in the public transit system is essential. Building those strong public-private partnerships that we're already working on before the pandemic, but in a new and revitalized way to create a synergistic ecosystem and exploring really new funding structures. Uh, mobility wallets, uh, incentives, um, subsidies, perhaps, um, and and welcoming more the the public sector and the private sector's collaborations. And two other things I would mention would be addressing barriers to regulatory flexibility and funding use and finally constructing coalitions and convening organizations to combat the crisis. And in fact, I think tier B could play an essential role in pulling together what I often call the alphabet soup of transportation where we have many organizations with um, lettered names uh, like the American Public Transit Association, Ashto, that represents uh, state highway transportation officials. I can go on and on because I'm sure you guys know the alphabet soup, but um, bringing them all together because we were not the only ones doing these kinds of exercises the last six months and it would be fabulous to compare notes and see what that blueprint really should be as we all come together with different uh, stakeholder perspectives. But if we were to advise the new administration um, and we'd love to consult with them on this work, uh, we really think the next 12 months will set the stage for the next two timeframes of one to three years and four to six years. And if we hit the ground running, who knows where we could go in terms of really, reforming our transportation systems and, uh, you know, making them more socially and racially uh, accessible and uh, addressing climate change. And and so many of the things that uh, we really see transport uh, being able to deliver, including economic recovery.
0: Susan Shaheen, you sound so inspired. And uh, I think that's what I think that's what any industry needs is a few inspired movers and shakers to really make things happen. And then things do happen. So um, with that thought of inspiration, what, why is this issue important to you? Uh, you and I both apparently were English poli-sci majors. How'd you go from that? Because it seems like a stretch from there to uh, a pioneering leader in, in transportation. What what really sparks you personally is as far as as this topic? And, and how did you get involved?
2: Yeah, I, I think I've always been interested in the public good, and increasingly became interested in sustainability. And at the time I was an undergraduate, um, the realm of political science um, really attracted me as an avenue to, to look at uh, how I might play a role in my future career around the area of sustainability. But at the time I was going to school, I often tell my students this, there weren't majors in sustainability. And so um, many people from my generation uh, who are in this field ended up having to find different mechanisms or ways to get educated in the area of environmental sustainability. And, I'm guessing uh, we're
0: both a couple of weirdo Gen Xers.
2: Exactly. So, so uh, you know, my, my pathway led me more and more towards science, um, moving into my master's degree and, and ultimately my PhD, where uh, I focused on um, ecological systems, systems theory, but I also took a great deal of environmental engineering courses. Uh, and uh, that uh, ultimately you know, all came together to um, help me see the world as somebody that might facilitate interactions between public policy research, particularly around behavior and advanced technology uh, that could point us in a direction where people don't have to give anything up, but they actually, in making more environmentally and socially conscious decisions, benefit by having more freedom of movement, uh, more time, and uh, it isn't considered um, a difficult pathway. That was my vision always, was to try to make it easier for people to 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 make decisions that will lead towards sustainability, social, economic, and environmental, but that's not easy.
1: <laughs> you clearly have an interest in environmental sustainability, and you mentioned something earlier about the synergy of ecosystems. How do you see this report or your work in general moving toward more resilient uh,
2: climate and more resilient transportation? Yeah, thanks, Elaine. I think systems thinking is is so inherent to transportation because transportation is linked to so many aspects of our lives. And I think the more we all move in the direction of understanding those connections and the fact that we as transportation professionals need to, to be working with professionals from very different industries, the water sector, the housing sector, because it all comes together systems thinking is is so inherent to transportation because transportation is linked to so many aspects of our lives. And I think the more we all move in the direction of understanding those connections and the fact that we as transportation professionals need to, to be working with professionals from very different industries, the water sector, the housing sector, because it all comes together. And I think the more we look at our roles uh, in everyday work, uh, not in silos, but as part of a larger system, that's how we're going to get to, I think in a very different place than we are now, where we're not seeing the critical linkages between affordable housing and transportation, right? And then we wonder why, why is vehicle miles travel going up? Why is congestion an issue? Why is environmental justice becoming an issue? Um, Not becoming an issue. Why is it such a big issue? I think if we had these connections, we'd be able to solve problems faster and understand how to make better choices with respect to the critical transportation infrastructure investments that we're making and who we need to be collaborating with outside of our very large silo. (laughs)
0: Is there anything else uh, you all are working on there that you can preview for us a little bit?
2: So um, we are doing a lot of work in the area of these partnerships with the private sector. We're supporting um, at, at uh, the Transportation Sustainability Research Center at UC Berkeley, where where I work a vast number of these pilot projects that uh, USDOT, Uh, the Federal Transit Administration, and now the California Air Resources Board are funding. Millions of dollars are now going into these public-private partnerships. And uh, we're really fortunate to be at the nexus of um, providing independent evaluation expertise to both the federal administration, but also to the California Air Resources Board who's uh, been actively adopting more and more efforts to uh, address low income mobility, uh, environmental justice, um, racial justice in their pilot programs. And so I'm really invigorated by the notion of accelerating our pilots in that understanding and sharing what we're learning through communities of practice, but also this is what I think is is super important that we try to do is scale these pilots, right? Scale these pilots across a region, develop expertise in rural areas, suburban areas, not just urban areas, and, and use it to accelerate and propel our knowledge forward and share it with the rest of the world and create these global connections to um, developing countries, but to uh, all regions of the world. I think that's how we're going to learn. We're going to move faster and we're going to take advantage of these technological advancements in a way that does not leave anybody behind, but allows us to scale and leave sustainable enterprises that can function and provide mobility long after the pilot ends.
0: Dr. Susan Shaheen, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, we really appreciate it. We know you've been busy at the TRB annual meeting all month. So to find some time to take, uh, take out of that and, and to talk to us, we really appreciate. We also appreciate you spending so much time and being such a valuable leader with the Transportation Research Board and, and all of the other great work you do. We, we see you everywhere, out and about, uh, in the news, In all the research uh, findings for this area. And Elaine, uh, do people know where they can find the public transit and shared mobility COVID 19 recovery policy recommendations report that we've been talking about?
1: It is on our website, specifically on our blog. And I believe it is also on the UCITS website. Is that correct? That's
2: great. Okay. Well, Elaine and Paul, I just want to thank you and all of the TRB staff um, for everything you do to to keep transportation going and to keep this fabulous conference going. Um, I'm personally really enjoying our new format. Um, I love that TRB is so dynamic and uh, able to uh, embrace the change with this virtual format. And uh, I just uh, am so thankful to uh, TRB for the role. Um, this organization has played in my life, in my career, and uh, I hope we are going to bring in many more generations of transportation scholars and leaders um, through this organization. Thank you, and thanks again for your time. TRB's Transportation Explorers is a production
1: of the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine. Ben Brown composed our theme music podcast is produced by Paul Mackey and me, Elaine Farrell, and edited by me. Thanks again for tuning into TRB's Transportation Explorers. We hope you enjoyed our
2: podcast. See you next time on The Transportation Journey.